Current Church, on behalf of my wife Shauna and I, along with the entire Epic Church community here in downtown San Francisco, I just wanted to say we're for you guys. It's amazing that we've been able to partner with you even before Current Church was launched. We're excited to hear the stories of what God is doing in your church. And today, I want to share with you a message that I taught our church on May the 3rd. We were in this series called Unfamiliar Season, Familiar God, and though the season is now even longer than it was, I still think we're in this unfamiliar moment. But I want you to know that God is so familiar with exactly what's going on in your life. In this message, you're going to hear me talk about the idea that God knows your life from beginning to end, and yet he is able to meet you, though, right in the middle of where you find yourself today. So wherever you find yourself, whether you're filled with joy or sorrow, whether you have a ton of doubts about the future or things feel a little more stable than they used to, I want you to know that God sees you, he knows what's ahead, but he's also willing to meet you in the moment that you find yourself in right now. I pray that God will bless you as you hear this teaching. We've been calling our current series, Unfamiliar Season, Familiar God. But I know what you're thinking by now, Ben, um, this is starting to feel familiar. I totally get that. Um, I don't know about you. I can remember what life was like before, but I can no longer quite feel what life was like before. And I can't wait until um, we get back to being together and so many different things that we've lost in this season. But here's the question that I have, that you have. We've had it for some time. We'll probably have it for a bit longer. And it's this question. When is this season going to end? When is the season finally going to be over. Just this week, our stay-at-home mandate has been extended by a full month if you're a citizen of San Francisco. And um, we're starting to hear reports about how whenever things reopen, it's going to reopen in phases. And we don't know if we're getting out of this season before the summer is over. Will we even get out of this season come this fall? Or will it be sometime next year? Um, so many questions. I wish I could give you an answer to when the season's going to end. I think I can make a lot of money right now, but I don't have that insight. But I do know this. God does know both how this season began and how and when it's going to end. That's pretty amazing. But I want to tell you that God's familiar with way more than that. He's aware of way more than just how this season began and how this season's going to end. Here, here's what I want to lead off with today. God is familiar with where you began and where you will end. God is familiar with where you began and where you will end. I'm calling my message today from beginning to end. And I would love for you to go to Psalm 139. One more week. This is our last week in Psalm 139. I would love for you to jump into this great text with me in verses 13 through 18. Again, this is a psalm from David. And in verse 13, here's what he writes. It's always helpful when I have the right psalm open in my Bible. Psalm 139, verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. I'm still with you. 
what do you experience that causes you to praise God? I want you to write that in the chat right now. I want you to think about what is it that when you have that moment, when you encounter that particular thing or person or whatever it may be, what do you experience that causes you to praise God? I want you to look, uh, write that in the chat so we can look and just see, oh yeah, me too, or wow, that person really is moved by such and such. What is it for you? Is it the sunrise or the sunset? Is it hiking through nature and just recognizing the beauty that's surrounding you? Is it a phone call in this season from a friend that you haven't connected with in quite a while? Is it seeing something special that a child does and you're like, God, thank you so much for this little human being? Is it tasting delicious food or is it the aroma of your first cup of coffee in the morning? What is it that causes you to praise God? What is it that causes your soul to just burst and go, God, thank you. You are so good and I'm so grateful. What is that for you? My guess is when I ask you, what do you experience that causes you to praise God? I'm assuming none of you wrote down in the chat or thought to yourself, Ben, you know, here's what I experience that causes me to praise God. Whenever I look in the mirror, anybody else just like, God, wow, like you did amazing. That's kind of what David is saying in Psalm 139. He's like, when I recognize that you created me, you knit me together, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, so God, praise you. I've got to be honest, I don't know if I have ever looked in the mirror and thought, God, thank you for this. Wow, you're amazing. If I have ever done that, I wouldn't tell you guys. And I might even judge people who do those kinds of things, but I want you to know that is exactly what David is doing. But here's what David isn't doing. David isn't looking at himself in the mirror, so to speak, and going, wow, David, you're amazing. He's looking at the intricacies of who he is, and he's going, God, you're amazing. When David says, you knit me together in my mother's womb, here's what one commentator says about the word that is used and translated as knit. He says this, by using this term, the psalmist pictures himself as a fine piece of art and God as a skilled craftsman. I love that. But by using this term, David is saying about himself, and I know we're not that comfortable with that ideology, but remember, when you talk up yourself as a creation, you're not making a big deal about you. You're making a big deal about your creator. And again, that commentator says, by David using this term, he's calling himself, he's picturing himself as a fine piece of art, and he's picturing God as a skilled craftsman. Now, when you see something incredible, when you see an amazing piece of art, you are in wonder over recognizing what that art is, but you are giving glory and praise to the artist. And I've got to be honest, we have seemed to lose our sense of wonder in this season. The things that used to astound us, the things that used to surprise us in the best possible way, if we're honest, I think a lot of us have lost that in this season. Here's the definition from the New Oxford Dictionary for the word wonder, and I want you to notice one word in particular that I think will stand out to you. Here it is. Wonder. A feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. I love that. A feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, there's our word, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. 
If we're honest, the word unfamiliar has come to be a negative term only in many of our minds. But is there anything that God has gifted you that kind of came out of nowhere in this season? I I think about the Thursday night dates that I'm having with my wife, Shauna. No, we're obviously not going and sitting in fine restaurants, but we've made a commitment to that, and it's unfamiliar because we used to have a different rhythm when it came to our date nights. I'm teaching my 16-year-old to drive. I don't know if we would have had the space if he were still playing high school baseball right now. Uh, My 14-year-old son, he is learning to cook some amazing things, and on Friday, just two days ago, he made bread pudding using croissants and Nutella, and it was amazing. That was certainly something that caused a sense of wonder in me. And our 12-year-old, just yesterday, he is beginning to have his own like basketball teaching through Zoom of one of his younger friends. And so just things that are unfamiliar, and yet they're glorious. I did not say that everything that's unfamiliar is positive, but I do think that we can have this sense of wonder, like God, in the midst of all of this negative, in the midst of all of this difficulty, God, you are gifting us with things that are unfamiliar. And again, David's like, God, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You are a skilled craftsman. You're an amazing creator. You know, the New Testament version of this idea, many of you have heard me say this because it's one of my favorite verses, if not my favorite verse in the Bible, it's Ephesians 2.10, which essentially says the same thing. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You are not here on accident. God has a purpose behind your life. You were not created haphazardly. God created you like a skilled craftsman. And whenever you and I, this isn't about us being arrogant, but whenever we look upon who we are with shame, that's not so much an indictment on ourselves as much as it's an indictment on the God who made us. And so could it be possible when you realize what God has done in creating you that that would cause you to praise him? It would cause you to praise him. God sees our lives from beginning to end. Again, that's the title of my message today, from beginning to end. God sees our lives from beginning to end. I love this in the text. He says, All of my days were were ordained for me, written down in your book, before one of them came to be. Think about that. From beginning to end, every single one of your days, the days you've forgotten and the days you have yet to live, the days that were ordinary days for you and the days that were extraordinary days, your good days, your bad days, your ugly days, God is aware of all of them. Your days mixed with sorrow and the ones filled with joy, he's aware of them. Your days of grief and your days of celebration, God sees all of them. God sees the days when you're young, he sees the days when you're middle-aged, and he sees the days when you are old, however you choose to personally define those terms. God sees the day you were born and he sees the day that you will die. God sees you on the days when life is steady and he sees you when you find yourself in a place where you've never been before. He sees them all, which means this. God knows exactly how and he knows exactly when this season is going to end. God knows whether or not you will have the job in the future that you have today. God knows when this is all said and done, whether you will be able to and choose to live in San Francisco or whether you will have to go somewhere else. God is completely aware of exactly what our church is going to look like in the future. And no matter what you think about this idea, God even knows whether or not this virus is going to return. He's familiar with all of it. So the question is, since God knows everything from beginning to end, Is he unmoved or standoffish from what we're going through in this season? Absolutely not. I'll say it to you like this. 
Though God sees our lives from beginning to end, he meets us in the actual moment we find ourselves in. Though God sees our lives from beginning to end, he meets us right here in the actual moment we find ourselves in. Because God knows how this season is going to end, you might think that his response to our emotions or to our sadness or to our worries, you might think God would just say, Ben and everybody else, just relax. Don't get so emotional. You're going to come out of this. I've seen your future. You will make it at some point in time out of this current season. But God doesn't do that at all. God meets us in the moment we find ourselves in, in real time. I think the best story that illustrates this idea is John chapter 11. In John chapter 11, verse 32 through 37, you have the story of Lazarus. If you are not familiar with this story, what you're going to see in this moment is Jesus interacting with one of Lazarus's sisters, whose name was Mary. His other sister was Martha. And you're going to understand something, and it's this. Jesus knows how the story's going to end, and yet he meets these sisters in the very moment they find themselves in. In John 11, verse 32, here's what we read. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Listen, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying. God sees from beginning to end, but he meets us in the actual moment we find ourselves in. He's not distant. He's not standoffish. He's not unmoved. He's not asking us to relax because things are going to work out eventually in the end. He's meeting us and he is moved deeply, which means he gets emotionally involved in whatever it is that's affecting us emotionally. Does anybody need to know that reality in this season? Everyone present seems to be keenly aware that Jesus could have kept Lazarus from dying if he only would have been there and done something to stop his death. He could have done something. And I know what happens for these individuals in this moment is happening for so many of us in this current season. Here's what we think. It's all of the why questions. If God is good and if God can keep us from suffering, why doesn't he keep us from suffering? Friends, that is a fair question. I have a set of why questions that I've wrestled through in my own life, but I don't have great answers for your why questions, but I think I do have a better question for your why question. Here's the question I want to ask instead. I can't get to the end of your why questions, but I want to ask this question instead. Why does Jesus get so emotional in the middle of a story when he knows how it's going to end? Why in the world... Why, I mean, think about it. When my kids were, were, were younger and I knew how a movie was going to play out and they would get sad in the middle of the movie because I'm the happy guy. I'm everybody, I don't know if you're part of that group, that people are like, Ben, you're just eternally optimistic. That's pretty true. That's authentically me. And I want to keep us from hurting if we can keep ourselves from hurting. And so I would just say to the kids, hey, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. I know what's going to happen. It's not like, I, I, it's going to be okay. 
And I love that that's not the posture Jesus takes by going, hey, it's just good. He, he tells them he's going to do something about it. He enters into their story. The scripture said that Jesus was deeply moved when he saw how it was affecting them. And I don't know how you have viewed God in this pandemic season, but I want you to know that when you and I, which we've all been affected in some way mentally and emotionally and spiritually, We've lost some of our joy at times along the way. I want you to know that God is not unmoved by that, but he is deeply moved by that reality. I'll say it this way. God has read all of your chapters, but he's also fully engaged with the chapter you are currently living. He he knows all the chapters, but he's fully engaged in this present chapter. And what you have to know with that is that God isn't meeting you where you will be a decade from now. God isn't meeting you and I where we will be on this state in 2021. In fact, God's not even meeting us where we will be tomorrow. God can only meet us where we are right now. But what we have to do is invite God into that. He's deeply moved. He's deeply moved by the things that move you. But God not only feels, he also thinks. He also thinks, which is fascinating. In the text, going back to Psalm 139, David says, How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. I love that God has thoughts and he doesn't have just a few thoughts and he doesn't just have thoughts about how amazing he is, though certainly that would be true. He has an incredible amount of thoughts about you and about me. Now, if you're anything like me, let me tell you two things that I think I already know about you. You can raise your hand where you are. You can say, yes, that's me in the chat. Here are two things I think that I probably know about every single one of you, if you're like me. The first one is this. It's not that difficult for you to believe that God has thoughts about other human beings. It's not that difficult for you to believe that God has thoughts about other human beings. But thought number two, it's quite challenging for you to believe that God has so many thoughts about you that you couldn't even count them. Is that you? Have I told the truth about you? Because I know so many of you are just like me. It it is not crazy for me to think that God has awesome thoughts about you. But friends, that's a little more challenging for me to think that God has so many great thoughts about me. And then David says this. He says, when I awake, I am still with you. When I awake, I'm still with you. But going back to God's thoughts, what I know is that in this social distancing season, it's real easy to feel forgotten. One of my favorite things to watch during the season has been the videos of healthcare workers returning home after a long day of work. Uh, maybe you've seen that, the, the videos where the, the nurse comes home and you know she's had a gut-wrenching day. You know she's experienced pain and, of course, sickness and the lonely cries and the emotions of her patients and oftentimes death and grief and just things most of us cannot imagine. And you know she leaves depleted, but when she turns into her neighborhood, if you've seen the videos, all of the neighbors are out in front of their homes and they start applauding 
the nurse, as she starts driving and pulling into her driveway, they start singing songs. They, they start banging pots and pans. And in that moment, not everything is fixed for that nurse, but she is keenly aware of the reality that she has not been forgotten. I don't know if your circumstances are going to change anytime soon, but God is giving you this scripture and this teaching from me today to let you know, no matter what it seems like, you have absolutely not been forgotten. And again, David comes back and he says, when I awake, I am still with you. David is keenly aware of God's presence in this moment, but how often are we unaware of it? Friends, there's a stark difference between God being present and us actually being aware of it. Let me give you this quote from A.W. Tozer in the book called The Pursuit of God. I've shared quotes from this book a lot. It's a short book, but it is so powerful and impactful for my life and from so many people that I've talked to. But here's what he says about this idea, about our awareness of God's presence. Tozer writes, God is here when we are wholly unaware of it. However, He is manifest only when and as we are aware of his presence. Listen to this. Our pursuit of God is successful just because he is forever seeking to manifest himself to us. I love this idea. Some of us are like, where's God? Where's God? Where's God? And you know what God's like? God's like, where's Ben? Where's Ben? Where's Ben? Where are you? It's one thing for me to know that that, that, okay, God's aware of everything, but for me to become aware of it, that's where it's got to shift for us. So I want to invite you into another exercise. And here's why we're doing these awareness exercises, these prayer and awareness of God's presence exercises. I think it's really important that we help our minds, our hearts, our emotions, and our bodies step into the reality and become more aware that God is actually with us. So here's what we're going to do this week. We're going to just hold our hands out. We're going to inhale, and we're going to exhale, and then we're going to say one of the first sentence, and then we'll do the same for the second, and then we'll do the same for the third. So we're just going to become aware of his presence. So we're going to inhale, exhale, we'll say the first sentence, do the same for the second, and then for the third. So here we go. God, you have been with me from the beginning. You will be with me to the end. And you are with me in this moment too. Let's just practice that throughout the week. Recognizing that God is your creator. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He also has seen the last day you will spend on earth. But he meets you and he's present in the very moment you find yourself in the middle of now. Let me ask you a question as I close out this teaching for today. It's a weighty question. It's a question you owe to yourself to answer. This question, here's the question. Do you personally know the God who knows you from beginning to end? Do you actually know the God? Or for you, is it kind of like secondhand knowledge? When you hear me talk about this God, when you hear some friend or family member talk about this God, does it seem like, hey, that's, that's something someone else has, but I don't know this God yet today. Do you personally know the God who knows you from beginning to end? If you don't, why not step into that knowledge today? And just so you know, none of us know everything about God that we will know, but today you can begin to know 
this God personally by just saying to him, God, I now know that you've been with me every step of the way through the good, the bad, and the ugly. God, through my loneliness and when I was surrounded by community. God, through my sorrow and my days that were filled with joy. God, when I didn't know how I could go on and I when I had more confidence than I had ever had in my life. God, you're present. And God, if you've known me like this and you're today inviting me to know you, God, I am in. If that's you, step into that relationship. And for all of us today, knowing that God is so aware of us from beginning to end, knowing that we can't count the number of thoughts that he has about us, but knowing he meets us in the moment we find ourselves in, how would that knowledge you've learned today How could that knowledge you've learned today, how could it affect your awareness of God and how you personally relate to him this week? Let me pray for us. God, thank you that you are aware of us from our first day until our last day. God, thank you that you meet us in the moment we find ourselves in. And though you know what our future holds, God, you're you're not unaffected by our current challenge. God, you're not You're not unmoved by this season we find ourselves in. God, you meet us in this moment. And you come close to us. And God, you sympathize with us. But mostly, God, you're you're here. You are present in the now. God, I pray in every home that this is being watched in, God, would you come near? God, would... Would we seek you because you're forever seeking to manifest yourself to us, God? Could we not only hear today that you're present, God, could we sense your nearness? God, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice, that this would be a day, that this would be a week where we become keenly aware of the God who is so utterly familiar with us. God, you knit us together in our mother's womb. We are your handiwork and you are the skilled craftsman, so we praise you. God, help us regain our sense of wonder this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.